Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for coming along. My name's Anna, and I'm from Digital Media Research. We're a small research agency that works with our clients to provide research and insight to help with their digital strategies, product development, <coughs> uh, service development with adults and with children and families. And we've done a lot of research, not surprisingly, over the last two years, looking at children and how they're using different devices, how they're watching TV differently over time. And we've identified this, this new group, and we are calling them the VOD natives. And the reason for that is that this group is new in the sense that they're the first group of children, really, who haven't changed their viewing patterns because of the rise of on-demand. This is the way they view TV. They've grown up with it. They were raised with on-demand TV. And so this is the way that they watch. Now, we first identified them in a project called Screen Time, the new children's TV landscape, which was a much broader uh, research project looking at needs and motivations, drivers, how children were making decisions about what screen to choose to watch, what device to watch, and why they were doing all those things. Um, so we first, and this is really taking this, that one theme from this much larger report. And this report, we used a whole range of different methods to tr really understand what children were doing. Because as we've seen from all the research over the last few days, it's really difficult to get under the skin of what children are really doing and why they're doing it. So we came at this at four different ways. The first one was we gave all our children, and we had 46 children that we, we spoke to individually. Uh, each one of them had a video to take home. Actually, we, we sent it out to them. They, they kept it within their home for at least a week. The younger ones had their parents helping record what they were doing, when they were doing it, and ask them questions about why. Older children, they did their own video logs, and uh, we had some great responses. All children love recording to camera, and in the you know, new YouTube generation, they, they love the idea of being their own little vloggers, telling us exactly what they were doing. So we then met them all, we spoke, spent 60 minutes minimum with them and their parents talking about what to do and then we, at the end of the project, met some of our families all together and it was really interesting to get the whole family in one place, have a pizza with them and really find out what the family dynamic was because it turned out that actually the family dynamic, the siblings, the parental attitudes had a, a really big impact on the way in which children were watching TV. So for this presentation, what I'll do first is talk a little bit about what makes a VOD native. What are, what are they doing and why? What, who are they? And then really we'll, we'll go on to some of the challenges we think this presents to the industry. They are a different group of viewers and they have a different attitude towards TV. So who are they? Well, we identified them as being really the group of children who are about between four and eight years old. They've been raised on on-demand. It's always been around them. They have used it without thinking. They've been introduced it, into it very quickly and very early on in their lives. And it's often with this group, their preferred <coughs> viewing opportunity. Summed up, I think, by Joseph's father, who said it's all merged into one for Joe. It's virtually all on demand now. After homework, we'll say you can watch some TV now, and Joe, and go, Joe will go and find something on the TV, iPad, or on his game console that he's going to enjoy. And I think that sums up really the VOD native is that all of his life is on demand. He, when he goes to play with his toys, he does everything else. Now TV is just slotted into his general on-demand life of games, TV, offline world. So some of the characteristics of our, our younger on-demand children, our VOD natives, were that as soon as they'd first got hold of a, a touchscreen, an iPad, 
a tablet or a phone, it holds massive appeal for the children. The amount of enjoyment and excitement they express for having control over their entertainment lives is quite incredible when we're talking to them. Finally in their lives, and they don't get much of this, they can decide what to do, they can find what they like, watch it for the amount of time often that they want to watch. So it represents a kind of freedom and control that they don't seem to have in any other parts of their lives and it's really very compelling. They also seem to sort of see it as a, a play environment in the kind of four to six age group, where they, it just is another extension of playing. So particularly when they're, when they're using on-demand services aggregators like YouTube, it feels like playing because they're using a really broad selection of content. They're going from the game unboxing to watching TV clips, to watching whole programs, to nursery rhymes, to frozen to films to the range of activities they're doing is, is just dipping into all the things they love in their in their world and tv is just a part of that process and it feels like part of play what became quite clear with this group that we've been looking at over the last year is that the parents are fundamental in their changing as their, their behavior and a lot of the parents talked about giving the iPad, giving the tablet to the child in the first place, and they introduce them to those apps and those services that they've got on the tablet at that time. So they're fundamental in introducing the services, but also it really met the parental needs to introduce on demand as an option for the child for entertainment, because it really seemed to suit the, the parent as well. So had lots of parents saying, well, actually, it's brilliant, because if I put on a TV channel and then go and try and do something, I'll get a call in five minutes when the programme's ended and they want me to change channel. So in those old younger age group where they're not dexterous with the remote control, a tablet is fantastic. The parent can give the tablet to the child and they can go through all the visual cues on Netflix, Amazon, iPlayer, YouTube. There's no need for mum, dad or anyone else to come in and set up the next viewing opportunity. So it really was being encouraged by parents in that younger age group before they could start working the TV by themselves. And of course, as we can see from Emily's research, linear was still a big part of their lives. But it, what seemed to be happening with our VOD natives who'd grown up with both is that linear had a really defined role within their week. So it might be that when they come home from school, they always watch linear for half an hour to just relax and unwind. Or maybe it's the half hour before bed. Or often, as we saw, we've, we've seen with other research over the last few days, there was an awful lot of parents really using linear to help bonding opportunities with the family to start getting children back out of their rooms, off devices, and encourage everybody to sit around as a family and watch something. Often those big events, sort of Saturday night shows, or just the big kids' favourites that they want to watch with them and, and use as part of a family bonding session. So Linear, certainly still there, but a much more defined role than we've seen in, in years before. We start with the telly. If there's nothing on she wants to watch, then it's easier just to go on the iPad. We know it'll be on there. On YouTube, she can control it. She can do what she wants to do, and that's what they really get used to. And I think that absolutely sums up the journey of our young VOD natives. They do some, you often start with the TV, but actually on demand really solves the purpose for the child and the adult, and they really get used to it. They get used to being able to watch what they want when they want to. And here's one of our vloggers who, uh, like many of them, hasn't quite sussed out how to keep his own face in frame while he's talking. So you might feel a little bit seasick while you watch it. A lot of our video clips do show sort of corners of bedrooms and kind of a sandwich and someone just talking over it, but very interesting nevertheless. I kind of like watching YouTube 
more than TV because, in a way, I can watch what I like when I like instead of like watching like a TV, like a live TV thing where I have to kind of like wait for my favorite TV shows. So, um, yeah. So. It's just totally intuitive to this group who've grown up with it. And as they get older, it seems that the real motivation to keep going with On Demand is that actually it goes from sort of being a play motivation through to being more of a directing motivation. Our older uh, sample talk more about the fact they love choosing which device. They love the fact they've got different devices to choose from. I might watch it on the TV, I might go on my games console. And that directing, having that level of ability to direct the type of viewing and the type of entertainment experience was really very motivating. And it was this age group, really, that we sort of saw that there was a big difference between what parents said and how children kind of heard that message coming across. So when they said things like, well, you've done your football practice, you've done your homework, you can watch TV now, that's fine. That kind of translates directly into the ear of a VOD native as, good, I can go on a screen. And TV is, may or may not be part of that, but it's that they were talking different languages and meaning the same thing. And again, for our older group, Linear still had that defined role within the home, so lots of family sort of event viewing. But also with this age group, we noticed that they did the sort of check-in viewing. They'd have favourite channels and they'd give it a try. And if within a few seconds it didn't meet their needs, they'd move off and do on demand. So really, they ended up having a kind of set of channels they might think are worth checking into. And they'd give them a quick try, but very quickly go to on demand if they didn't meet their needs. Which also meant that it seemed that the channels that had a very defined remit, that they kind of knew what they might get when they, when they checked them out, when they tried them, were more likely to be checked into. They were worth a chance. They'd kind of talk about some of the channels as saying, well, I, d I don't know what I'll get if I try it, so I'm not going to bother. I'll go straight on to On Demand. Those channels with a very clear, clear remit, much more likely to be checked into. And the thing that came up time and time again for our VOD natives, the last kind of if a bit of information about who they are and how they operate is a lot of them are on demand because actually they can't get to the TV. Their younger siblings were on the TV and it seemed again to be a really big part of the family dynamic. They were actually using on demand a lot because that meant they got to watch what they wanted. Maybe in years gone by the younger sibling would get dibs of what channel to watch and the others would just have to sit around and, and take it. Well they don't have to now. They go off onto another device. Every, each child can have their own TV experience that, that meets their needs. As we can see with Joe, who didn't mind being pushed off. If my younger sister's watching TV, I'll go on Sky Go on the iPad, or maybe YouTube on my Wii U. On the Wii U, I can make it come up on the TV screen if I want. And Joe really knew what he was doing. He really knew which devices he could use to get the best experience. It didn't matter that his, his sister had the TV. And here's a slightly more sort of a thoughtful little boy who we met who is also explaining that he's been pushed off the TV. And his mum very kindly was doing the video diary here and she's doing an excellent job of interrogating him, but he's very serious about it. Um, watching Tracy Beaker, well, dumping ground. It's the same as Tracy Beaker. Right. And how come you're in your bedroom watching the iPad and not downstairs watching the main telly? Because Hattie, my little sister, she, um, she's downstairs on the telly watching Peppa Pig, so I can't watch anything. All right, really. so you've chosen to watch the iPad yeah. then. And what you're watching Tracy Beaker, and what channel, or, or how are you watching that on? BBC iPlayer. Okay, um, and is it 
he's paused it at the moment obviously yeah. because he's in the middle of watching it um is it a new episode that you're watching or is it one you've seen before or one that i've seen before but i like it and i haven't seen it in a long while so i'm just putting this one on so there so it's very serious and and he's got quite a scary mum who's asking a great question why are you watching but she did a very good job at researching for us so uh We've identified what we feel are five core challenges when looking at this VOD native group. They're watching TV in a fundamentally different way than their older siblings. What does that really mean and what impact does that have on being able to really engage with them? The first challenge is that to this group, linear really can make very little sense, which to them, it is not intuitive. It doesn't really stack up which this quote summarises quite nicely. Why would you just put a channel on? You don't know what will be on. You don't know if you'll like it. And it might be halfway through. Three good reasons why I'm going to go on to On Demand. So from a perspective of a VOD native, some of them, and we're not saying this is all children, but those, those ones who do prefer the On Demand viewing over other forms, just feel that it's not intuitive to watch in any other way. Their, their minds don't understand why you would choose linear. And I think this means that it has some very big implications. As we've seen from some of the research, there is a decline in linear viewing and an increase in on-demand viewing. But there's quite a big red flag issue here, which is we still identify that programme discovery is mostly driven by linear viewing. So most of our children would be watching things on on-demand, and we'd ask them, well, how do you know about that? Or when did you first watch that? How? They, they almost entirely seem to discover new programs through linear and then watch them in on demand there was very little discovery actually within on demand itself depending on what they were using and, and where so i think this this obviously is a big issue but on demand can work harder at pushing discovery i think than it is currently certainly uh away from the sort of aggregators and svod apps Challenge three was very evident with particularly our younger age group. So they have been watching linear in their preschool years much more heavily than they do when they get a little bit older and are allowed to start using devices and, and our older ones who are then allowed to start picking the, the apps and, and whatever they like on the TV screen. But there was most definitely a pattern, and this is qualitative, but a very clear pattern with our much older children who had a much clearer sense of channel brand and where their favourite programmes lived than our younger audiences. So it seemed that because particularly the ones who were using YouTube or Netflix, where they were going in and searching by character or by program, or their parents were putting in the initial search and they're waiting for visual cues to come up, they're selecting on known programs, known characters, their relationship with the channel was being eroded. It, me it meant less that that connection was being lost. And I think it was a very, very nicely summed up by this mother from Birmingham. It's, it's by not necessarily the channels, it's by the programmes. But it's really strange because I think with my eldest daughter now who's 10, when she was this age, everything was by channels. So she would say, I want CBeebies on, or I want Nick Jr. on, or I want the Disney Channel on. But now, I think since, you know, all the tablets have come out and mobile phones have changed and everything like that, and most households have an iPad, it just, with her, it doesn't go by channels, it just goes by programmes. Because even within that family then, she can see the shift that's happened with her younger 
child who's not started with a linear relationship and moved away, but gone straight into on demand, her relationship with Channel Brand is, is very different. And finally, a couple of final challenges we feel uh, that were quite interesting when looking through this and other research. Programme talkability, it seems, was de declining among our VOD natives. They weren't talking about programmes as much as, as other children. You know, a few years ago, we might have seen them talking in the playground about, about TV. It seemed that digital activities were the kind of more cooler currency to to some extent, that maybe they had some more shared, um, shared experiences of playing Minecraft or, or seeing certain vloggers on YouTube, and, and that's what they were talking about, because their viewing had become not only totally uh, unsynchronised, they were watching at different times, they were sort of watching things out of sequence, and, and therefore the conversations in the playground were quite difficult. There were some big exceptions, some big event shows, you know, some cult shows, children still were talking in the playground about TV, but it seems that it was being eroded by this watching on demand and also watching out of sequence. And finally, I think it's worth noting that just looking to the future, what we also saw was, we, as we see a challenge, because actually children seem to have a sort of emotion, a different emotional attachment to devices than they do to the TV. Now they still have an emotional attachment to the TV and it delivers a lot to them when they're watching in unwinding and the comfort and the relaxing. But it seems that there is a real emotional attachment to the devices which feels personal, that level of control that it delivers, the freedom, really has quite an impact at an early age and so they get quite excited about devices in a way they might not about TV. And I think that's interesting also when we look at how they, children grow with their devices. It, it really seems that devices can grow with them very well. <coughs> They're very adept at shape-shifting and meeting the needs of children as their needs change. Outside of this project, and a recent one we've been doing for someone else, uh, we saw older groups who were really using digital content as helping them sort of form their identities, you know, collecting things from the web which demonstrated the kind of person they were. Um, and that was TV, it was entertainment, it was anything they found. And again, devices were, were brilliant at delivering that, shifting with them as their needs change. And of course, as soon as mobile phones kick in and social media, when they get a little bit older, again, it delivers that personal satisfaction and need in a way that other devices just can't. So we think that there are some core challenges there from this new group who've uh, been raised on VOD, but also some opportunities and I'm just going to run through two final slides of things we feel actually there could be some small shifts which make a big difference to this age group. The first one, not surprisingly, is getting in early. We saw with our four and five-year-olds, if they were heavy YouTube viewers, if they were heavy Netflix, they, their channel brand relationship would be eroded with other core channels. So, of course, getting in at that age with, with the channel brands, I think, is fundamental. And, of course, that's through the parents who are facilitating that with the younger age group. So they're the ones putting the apps on their tablets and, and delivering those to the children. So, really, through the parents, I think there is a, there is a real need through the parents at a very young age to start building brand through delivering on demand via the parents to the children at, at four. Also possibly I think Linear could work harder at driving VOD discovery to actually point at new content on demand via Linear despite the, the decline of viewing it's still having the most powerful effect of uh, encouraging children to watch new programs. So the Trails Countdowns features maybe could point more to on demand. 
and even delivering a soft fodge schedule which goes against everything web to talk about schedule and on demand but what we have seen again in more recent studies are children talking about the fact that they do and they do know when programs come on particularly in broadcaster apps where they know that on a monday i always say the same example on a monday operation ouch has a new has a new program on on iplayer and we've had children talking about that in a group recently where they knew that actually it's worth going to iplayer today because there's a new operation ouch on there there was it was driving them and driving their usage and loyalty it was a sort of soft schedule that they were aware of and they weren't watching it in linear it wasn't that they knew it was on on a monday and therefore it would appear in on demand on a monday they actually just knew it appeared on on demand on a monday so that was driving them straight to on demand so i think there are some opportunities there to sort of start delivering fresh content and, and increasing awareness of when that arrives and of course, borrowing techniques from the VOD aggregators and you know the Netflix and the YouTubes do such a brilliant job of introducing the next thing to watch, effortlessly counting down to the next thing that really help the children on their onward journey and keep loyalty through the app and keep them viewing and maybe watching new and different things as well. And building that more discovery into VOD is an extension of that, I guess. So I think that discovery within VOD is the next, next thing that we've all got to work out. That's where the children are. We have seen that they do tend to select familiar things. Does that mean they're never going to watch the new exciting programmes? If they don't know what they are, are they going to take a chance on them? Well, I think there are ways we can push them more through VOD. For themes, recommendations, maybe there's something a little bit more fundamental, trailing in other programmes that they're just about to watch. But VOD, I think, can work harder at, at building discovery. Personalisation is key as we see, just going back to the theme of the devices are able to sort of shape shift with the children as they get older, then really delivering a personal experience that they can keep using as they get older is key. And finally, linear. Uh, we've seen the pattern of families really understanding that linear can deliver a fam fantastic family opportunity of bonding and sitting down and being together. I think that can possibly be pushed more. It could be more explicitly delivered from the linear channels. Why not watch this then with your family? Why not get together with friends and watch this over here? And maybe using new formats to help encourage that. And of course, genre-based channels, I think channels that are delivering to children in that very tricky sort of five to eight to encourage check-in, the remit needs to be very clear. It needs to be worth checking into from their perspective. So maybe making sure those genre-based channels have very tight, clear remit in the minds of the children would really help with that. So although I think this, this new group, they represent quite a fundamental shift in the way children are watching TV. They're started with VOD. They aren't shifting to VOD. It does represent quite a few challenges, but I think on-demand and linear can work harder to match them where they are and how they, how they are operating out there and really can engage with them, uh, nevertheless. Thank you very much. Hi there. Um, I wonder if you, um, if uh, program genre is something you look at in terms of whether they have a preferred platform to watch things. And I'm thinking of things that I will watch on my phone, and then other things I prefer to go to, you know, the TV for. And is that something you break down for? for yeah, kids we as well? haven't looked at that explicitly. But if I think about the conversations I've had with all the children in the, this study and others, I don't think they're. I don't think they do worry about genre and where to watch it quite as much as adults might. They, does, they just seem much happier to watch most things on demand or linear 
I've not had any discussions like that really where children have broken down and said that they prefer to watch some in one form or platform than another. Thanks. Hasn't been an explicit look at that though. Um, games have become you know, a massive form of popular culture and kids particularly into them. You're talking about purely SVOD apps here. Did anything come out of your research or could you just talk about what you think about the growth, there is a growth of apps that are kind of more mixed media, pulling in games and video. Could you talk about that at all? Whether you see, that is that a thing that kids want or would they rather consume, I do games on this and I do video on here and... I don't think the children I've spoken to would care where the where, where they were delivered because there does seem to be, you know, it's like with content when we ask them if you want to watch Ninjago, where are you going to go and watch it? Well, I don't care as long as I'm watching Ninjago. I don't know where, I don't, they don't really care where they are in the world to do that, in the world of online. So I, I think that they would be very happy to have mixed media apps. I think that would be the way from an industry perspective to build a bigger brand that meets their needs and the kind of personalization thing we saw mm. in those is kind of what we were driving at in the sense that the more it meets their needs in one place the more likely they are to be there and I certainly don't think they'd have a problem with having TV programs alongside games alongside other experiences mm. as that's what they do on the device anyway if they're going to the same place to experience all those things then it makes it easier for them to locate them it would be well received, Thanks. I would guess. Question about the demise of the channel brand and, and the concept of the channel brand kind of becoming uh, less relevant. I was wondering if uh, things like YouTube or things like Netflix or even the channels on YouTube, so if they've got a specific channel that they prefer, uh, are those uh, replacing channel brands? Are they, do they form a, a kind of new <laughs> brand hierarchy in a child's head when they think about content? I, I don't think so unless you're talking about an individual vlogger, you know, when they talk, because that would be a very, that side of channel had an enormous amount of traction with the children. But other content, it seemed that they're just going, they, they've just removed a layer of having to access a channel before they get to the, the, the content. And, and what they want is the content. And it seems that they don't care very much at all who's delivering it or where it is as long as they can get to it and get to it fast and it's the one they want so i don't feel like there's been any replacement necessarily of the layers of brand there have been other brands coming in like the, the sort of vlogger channel brands on youtube but other than that I, I feel like it's really just removing a layer and they're going they were just going straight to the content so sorry just as a follow-up on that so if they had the same piece of content on youtube as on netflix uh, would they have a brand preference or would it just be a ux preference i think it would be a what they've just done what they intend to do afterwards how quickly it would be to get their preference and not a brand preference um, just following on a bit from the question about gaming, um, it's interesting, you're talking about VOD obviously specifically here, um, but the move across on to, to using it on tablets. Did you find that these children were primarily um, using, when they were on a tablet um, screen, using that for VOD 
for viewing, was that primarily what they were using for, or did they talk also about moving between different apps and different other types of content, you know, using the photograph facilities, etc., depending on age? Um, was that something they talked about all as one thing, or did they not do so much of that? Or I'm just interested in, in what you found out. They were, I think their usage of it was very fluid. They would use lots of different things, and they would cut very quickly between them. And so, and, and they wouldn't necessarily have the vocabulary for describing what they were watching. So, especially in the four to five, and you know, I'd say, well, "What have you just watched?" Having just looked at what they've been watching, and they'd say TV, and they'd actually watched, you know, uh, a film, a clip of a film, um, a, a, a vlogger unboxing a toy of a character from a TV program. But to them, they might say, I'm, I'm, "I've just been watching TV stuff, or TV, or clips, or video." But they would very, very have very fluid usage across a whole range of different content in one session, and often extremely quickly and back again and round again, and very difficult to track what they were actually doing. And they would never be able to tell you this is what I've just done without you looking through their history. But yeah, very fluid and very quick use of lots of different things in one session. Um, I'm quite interested in what you were saying about the water cooler kind of moment, the talking in the playground and the shared experiences. And I'm wondering whether the media actually matters and whether, whether it's a game or whether it's a TV show, whether it's more about that doing something at the same time. I think it is a, that. Maybe there's a place for live there and coming back to live. Yeah, and that's what they were much more talking about, their live viewing. So if they'd all watch something at the weekend or something had been on that they'd shared, then it would still have that sort of talkability. It would still have that currency. Um, it just because they were all watching possibly even the same things, but not at the same time and not in the same sequence, that the share moment wasn't there. I was saying to someone earlier that they, they, there was one boy who'd said he thinks about Danger Mouse a lot, uh, but no one else was talking about it at school, and it was heartbreaking, obviously. <laughs> but he was, but he was really loved Danger Mouse, and he, but no one talked about it because they, they might be watching it, but they probably didn't watch what he'd just watched the night before, so there was no opportunity for sharing that love. Yeah. Okay, can we thank Anna? Thank you.